السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رحمة للعالمين محمد صلى الله عليه صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القرآن المجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذ ابتلى إبراهيم ربه بكلمات فأتمهن قال إني جاعلك للناس إماما قال ومن ذريتي قال لا ينال عهد الظالمين وقال الله تعالى في مقام آخر إن إبراهيم كان أمة قانتا لله حنيفا وقال, وقال تعالى في مقام آخر قد كان لكم أسوة حسنة في إبراهيم والذين معه وقال تعالى في مقام آخر اتبع ملة إبراهيم حنيفا وما كان من المشركين وقال تعالى في مقام آخر إن إبراهيم كان أمة قائنة لله حنيفا وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سيام يوم عرف أحتسب على الله أن يكفر السنة التي قبله والسنة التي بعده أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام My dear respected listeners, brothers and sisters in Islam This momentous occasion that is upon us of the Eid al-Adha It symbolizes for the believers a great action and a great resemblance and legacy that Ibrahim salam left for the whole entire world not just the whole uh, not just the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and so today's khutbah is going to be about that legacy that legacy that Ibrahim salam left on and his mark and his imprint that he left on this earth and at the same time not only him but his son Ismail salam and at the same time we, all, we will also see how it ultimately transcended into the noble character and the being of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And so therefore, I begin with the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mentioning His greatness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the master of all the worlds. Reminding us at this moment and time that anything that we engage in, any endeavor that we begin our, um, our lives with, any pursuit that we, we uh, try to go towards, we always remember the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His majesty. We recognize Him first and foremost and then we begin by doing the action. So Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. We had mentioned an ayah of the Quran, Remember, remember, O believers, that time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He tested, He tested Ibrahim alayhi salam. Rabbuhu bi kalimat with some sort of words, with some sort of difficulties. Fa'atamahun and he had completed all of them. Here hun is plural. That means it wasn't just one test, it wasn't just two tests, it wasn't three, but it was many tests, tests upon tests upon tests. And that was the life of Khalilullah. Khalilullah means the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is the second most greatest creation after the greatest creation being Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Habibullah. So therefore today when we had started with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. We start, then we go to who is associated with that being who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the ones who are beloved to Him. But how did they become beloved to Him, my brothers and sisters? Those 
um, ways and attributes uh, and qualities of these people has to be inculcated and brought into our lives. That's why in our life, this system of 70, 80, 60, 70, 80 years of living ultimately will get us to a point where we become like the Khalilullah and the Habibullah of the world, inshaAllah. And that is the goal. That is one of the purposes of our life, that we become so close and near to Allah. But what did it entail? What did it require? It required a lot of diff- uh, hard work and sacrifice. And it also required sincerity and devotion. And if we look at the action that uh, when we are going through the list of uh, difficulties and struggles that Ibrahim salam went through in his life today, we are going to see that there was an intense level and high spiritual level of sincerity and devotion in the life of Ibrahim salam. And therefore being in the days of Zul-Hajjah for all of us, it is a reminder, it is a, a way to go back and reflect on how was the personality of Ibrahim salam. Because one thing my brothers and sisters that I want to pose to you today is that we claim, we make this argument that I am a follower of Muhammad wasallam, and I am going to do everything that his, his, he has commanded us to do and ultimately what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded Rasulullah to do and therefore Rasulullah he told us what to do but what we see around us in this 21st century is this propaganda, this machine of trying to tell us that you don't have to submit to anyone there is nothing and no being that you as a human being need to submit to because you are your own God but we know the fact that when we take the shahada and we take testimony to I bear witness that there is no God except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his messenger this covenant this agreement this act and transaction that we make with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be a lifelong um, transaction and agreement Otherwise, those people will not be considered as Muslims. And it's very simple. It's very simple that when we make an agreement that I'm going to work for a certain company or do a certain profession, no person in his right mind or her mind ever thinks that they're going to leave that profession in their whole entire life. They're going to be be very committed to following it through and through. And therefore, as Muslims, there are certain requirements for us as well. It's, a, it's, like, it's like a job that we have taken on ourselves, on our shoulders. And with that job, there comes a, a lot of responsibilities. And then where do we learn the, what those responsibilities are? It is from the deen of, of Islam, which is so beautiful and magnificent, and is so encompassing that no other deen and religion is like this in the face of the planet. So therefore for us, what do we do at this moment in time? We look at the commands and, and the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that was given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and in this holy month, there were commands and orders to follow the actions and ways of Ibrahim salam, as we are going to see. Number one, I mentioned that this, surah, uh, this ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, وَإِذِ ابْتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا Then he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah, that we have made you, جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ Not للمسلم. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made Ibrahim salam for the whole entire mankind as an imam, as a guide, as a leader for all of mankind. But then what does Ibrahim salam say after that? It wasn't done. He says, قَالَ وَمِن ذُرِّيَتِي Ibrahim salam is, uh, is the actor of this uh, verb. And what does he say? How about my progeny? قَالَ وَمِن ذُرِّيَتِي 
قَالَ لَا يَنَالُ أَحْدِ الظَّالِمِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to Ibrahim alayhi salam telling him that from your progeny they will not be imams those people who are zalim, who are oppressors and we know that the worst type of oppression in all of the world as we know in Surah Luqman إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ Verily, the worst type of oppression and injustice a person can do on himself or herself is shirk and that is the uh, prototype of Ibrahim salam where he brought to the world when it was in utter darkness and it was at the lowest stage of humanity at that point and they were drowned in shirk and worshipping idols and ultimately he brings into the world monotheism what is that story my brothers and sisters that we need to reflect Ibrahim salam being a very young lad a young boy he's going and he's living in a society that is plagued with injustice and at the same time they are feeding their idols and they are worshipping them almost 24-7 their whole entire life revolves around serving these idols and so then what happens is that Ibrahim salam, a young boy sees that these people are worshipping stones and things carved from the ground mud uh, items, items from the mountains and then they start bowing down prostrate to them and believing that they are things that give some sort of sustenance and risk to all of humanity so what does Ibrahim salam? this is a very important point to uh, realize that in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a synopsis of what happened in this event وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ آزَرَ تَتَّخِذُ أَصْنَامًا آلِهَا قَالَ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ What does Ibrahim salam say to his father, Azar? He says that these asnam, these idols, they cannot benefit you, nor can they harm you. What does he say? إِذْ قَالَ لِأَبِيهِ آزَرَ تَتَّخِذُ أَصْنَامًا آلِهَا إِنِّي أَرَاكَ وَقَوْمَكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ He says, indeed, you and your people are in a great uh, error and a great misguidance. And just like that, the intellect, the human brain, the capacity, this is a sign that for us as young children and adults, how was the mentality of this young Ibrahim? Was he saying that, oh, you know, my father, he's worshipping idols, so, uh, you know, I can't beat him up because he's, in, he's an adult with strength. And you know, I have no uh, physical capacity to fight these people. No, he went to his mental capacity. And he looked at the malakut as-samawati wal-ardi wal-yakuna min al-muqinin. What did he do? He turned his sights and his t- attention to the skies and the heavens to, to test them, to gauge the sun and the moon, to gauge the stars. Do they have the capacity to give me any type of uh, sustenance or any type of life or energy in this world? What does he come to? فَلَمَّا جَنَّ عَلَيْهِ اللَّيْلُ رَآ كَوْكَبًا قَالَ هَذَا رَبِّي فَلَمَّا أَفَلَ قَالَ لَا أُحِبُّ الْآفِلِينَ What does he do? He looks at the stars at night time and he sees that these stars, though they are giving light and they are so bright in the, in the heavens, but in the morning time they disappear and they dissipate. And therefore something that comes and then it goes, it therefore cannot be God. It cannot have any type of ability to be worshipped because it's something that's not there all the time. فَلَمَّا رَأَى الْقَمَرَ بَازِغًا قَالَ هَذَا رَبِّي فَلَمَّا أَفَلَ قَالَ لَإِلَّمْ يَهْدِنِي رَبِّي لَأَكُونَنَّ مِنْ قَوْمِ الظَّالِّينَ What does he say next? 
He looks at the moon. He looks at that vibrant, that beautiful, lush creation in, in the sky and is so blooming with light. And then what does he say? That this has to be my creator. This is my Lord. And what does he ultimately see? He sees the same situation that happened to the, sun, uh, to the stars, happens to the moon, where ultimately it becomes into a small crescent and it disappears and ultimately it has really no be- benefit. Then what do we see after that? فَلَمَّا رَأَى الشَّمْسَ بَازِغًا قَالَ هَذَا رَبِّي فَلَمَّا أَفَلَ قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ إِنِّي بَرِيءٌ مِّمَّا تُشْرِكُونَ He looks at the, at the sun and he looks at how much light is giving off and how much energy. But then he realizes that this creation that's so huge and is lighting up the entire world, it itself has to go away one day. So therefore, what happens? He sees that not only does the sun, does it have energy and is giving off energy, but ultimately there has to be somebody beyond that. There has to be a creator, a being, a sustainer, a supreme lord that is supporting and sustaining this sun and giving it energy. And this brings a point that when you look at scientists, and there's a theory that when something gives off energy, therefore it will have to lose energy. Right? The rule of enthalpy, as many people know, who studied organic chemistry. What happens is, that here in the situation of the sun, it makes no sense that it's giving off so much heat, but it's constantly staying that way. And it's not getting weaker and weaker. But the question comes to the mind, to the intellect, that who is the one, or how is it that this sun, it cannot stop giving off this heat, because it has to stop at one point. But we realize as Muslims that there, are, there, there is someone that is providing the heat and that energy and that fire to the sun and therefore it is continuing and that is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this young boy, Ibrahim salam, at a very fragile and young age where he should be playing in the streets with his, his fellow youngsters, what did he say? إِنِّي وَجَّهْتُ وَجْهِيَ لِلَّذِي فَطَرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ حَنِيفًا وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ such powerful words, my brothers and sisters. Such words that we should be saying at the beginning of every of our salah before we, we, we make the takbir of tahrima. What is this ayah in Surah Al-An'am? Inni wajjahtu. Indeed, I turn my, my waj, my being, my existence. Wajjahtu wajhiya lillazi. To the face and to the being of that one. Wajhiya lillazi fatara samawati wal ard. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inni wajjahtu wajhiya lillazi fatara samawati wal ard. In a matter that I am hanif. Hanif. Hanif is a very powerful word, my brothers and sisters. This means that I will never, in any form or doubt, turn and make an association to that one being. I am going to be strong and firm that there is only one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I will definitely, definitely obey all of His commands. Hanif is not just one simple word, but it encompasses so many detailed analysis that you have to look through the entire Qur'an and the hadith to really be able to understand at a deeper level what is the word Hanif. But we're not going to go into those depths right now. What is the last part of this ayah that Ibrahim says? وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ This is very powerful. Because he didn't just say, I'm turning my attention to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Instead, he also adds a negation clause that I will never, I will never associate from this point on with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala any partners. And this is something we need to realize living in this country, living in this world today. 
Unfortunately, we believe in ourselves of having the power that when something happens in our destiny, in our life cycle, something difficult comes up, some type of tragedy, some type of incident that occurs, we turn to our own selves and our family for that support instead of turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is one of the lessons of this hajj, my brothers and sisters, that the Muslims, they go back to that, that uh, place, that, that center, that center place of Ibrahim salam and realize what is it that he did? What did he engage himself in as we are going to see in the second incident that occurred in his life? What did he do? He turned his attention away from all of those things that can potentially give any benefit. And he turned to the one who is the source of all benefit. And the source of all harm who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the same thing that the hujjaj do. That's why they are not classified differently amongst each other. They're all classified on one plane as the same in front of the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then ultimately they turn their attention in tawbah and repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which we must do at this moment and time because we are coming to those very significant days of the Muslim in, in, the, in our calendar, which is the Yom Arafah. And we're going to talk about that very close to the end in a few minutes. But what is the second story? The second incident in the life of Ibrahim salam is the fact that he has to leave his wife and son in the barren desert. And just very quickly, understand, we all know this incident, but to tie this in with the khutbah is very important to realize the sacrifice of not only men, but women as well. But on top of that, we are going to see in the, in the second to last incident, the sacrifice of children. But the sacrifice of women, what happened here? A pregnant woman, she's seeing that her husband is turning her away, turning away from her. And at the same time, she's questioning him, asking, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving us here? What, is, what have I done? What have we done? Have we done something wrong? No, no couple, no, no people in, in a relationship of marriage turn away like this from each other, in the middle of the desert especially. But what happens? Ibrahim salam he replies to her that this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what did she say? She said, I am pleased with the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such powerful words that should be written in gold. When, are, when is it that we are pleased with the decisions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We are never pleased because we, are, we have turned our sights away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, we need to return our attention and be, be happy with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what happens next is that Hajar alayhi salam, she is with her child and she says, okay, I'll stay put here. Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree is for us, it will happen, no matter what. And that was her level of iman. And so what? She sits down, time is going, the night is passing, the next day is starting, and then what happens then? She's hungry, and the child is also hungry, because she has no more milk left in her chest. And she's worried for the life of her child. So then what does she do? With such level of uh, fear and uh, devotion, she goes running to the, t- the nearest mountain that she could see, which is Safa. And she goes and climbs and she screams for help. She's asking, Someone come, is anyone there? We need some sort of sustenance and food. And then what happens? She finds no one. Then she goes and she runs to another near mountain named Marwa. And then she goes to the top of that mountain and she cries again, Is there anybody? Is there anyone to help and assist me? I am with a, with a child and he is very hungry. But what happens? There's nobody. And she does this seven times, back and forth, back and forth. But this struggle and this sacrifice was so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that immediately, immediately after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeing this, 
he, he commands Jibreel السلام, to come to come down and hit the area where the, where the baby is and where that baby Ismail is gushes forth a well known as the well of Zamzam such a well such a well that is so miraculous that even today that well is running at such massive speeds that what happened when Hajar السلام, saw that this well is gushing forth she she gathered some sand, she gathered some dirt, and she created a mold from there so that the, the water doesn't gush forth too much. And what does a Prophet ﷺ say? That wow, what an intelligent woman Hajar was. Because if she didn't do that, the whole world would have become drowned in water of this zamzam. Subhanallah. But ultimately, what was the point and lesson from this story? The lesson was that we take from the sacrifice of our our mother Hajar salam, who is a woman and many okay so now this just brings one very important point that the, what is the difference between sacrificing for deen and sacrificing for dunya and we'll slowly close we're almost done but this is a very important point because many of us argue that oh you know I'm going to university and I'm going to earn money or I'm going to get a job or open up you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a pioneer and open up a business but we claim that we're doing it for deen, we're doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're making such bold and strong claims. But ultimately we look at our actions. We see that what happens when I earn that money, I'm very reluctant, I'm very uh, you know, stingy to give that in any cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because I think those people, they have some sort of plan with my money. Whose money is it really? That's the question. And who let us do that sacrifice in the first place? Because at any moment of, the, of our lifespan, we could have died in any, any day or any second of that time. But it was by the fadl and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by, by His majesty, His permission, that He allowed us to go through this scale of life and ultimately go and do some work and earn some money and then have family and have children. So that's, that's something to realize. Are we doing this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really? Are we, are we saying that I am sacrificing for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or am I really sacrificing for the dunya? And so that, that, that is a very important point that I want us brothers and sisters to leave with today. And we should question ourselves. And finally, the building of the Kaaba, the building of the Kaaba that occurred by Ibrahim alayhi salam and his son Ismail alayhi salam. And Ismail salam at that time was very young. And finally, Ibrahim alayhi salam, he comes back later later after a few years and he asked Ismail salam about this command that was given to him in his dream that I, in my dream it came that I am to sacrifice you what was the response of this Ismail salam? Ismail salam says that if ma tu'mar satajiduni insha'allah minas sabirin do what you have been commanded verily you will find me amongst those who are sabir those who are patient and so this is very important for us and final conclusion especially for the youth that look at this young lad this young child how he was how his response was he's about to see death in front of his face and really realize this my brothers and sisters death at any point in time is in our face but sacrificing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seeing death in our face there we're very scared to do any of that because you know we're, we're, number one, death is very, uh, uh, you know, we're afraid of death. But on top of that, if you associate death with deen, no, no, we can't do that. You know? But look at this child, Ismail Islam, very young, who has a very long life to look forward to. You know, he hasn't even been married yet. But what does he say? If Alma Tu'mar Satajiduni Insha Allah Oh Father, do what you have been commanded. 
For verily you'll find me amongst those who are sabir. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to learn from the beloved life of Ibrahim alayhi salam and the life of Rasulullah sallallahu and Ismail alayhi salam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us on the straight path and allow us to die with iman. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our a'mal in the blessed days of Zul-Hijjah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our parents, our families, all those who have passed away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the hajj of, the, uh, of those pilgrims, uh, of those people who have sacrificed so much to go for the hajj and make it a hajj mabrur for them. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah.